Hello and welcome to another episode of It Came From The Bottom, brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Once again, I'm Jack. And I'm Adina. Oh, fuck. <laughs> we forgot Zip. No, we didn't forget. Uh, uh, our this dear is a sad Zip. day in, our, in, the day in our history of our podcast. Yes, Zip perished in a bizarre sledding <laughs> no, accident. Not now stop it. Zip is alive, everybody. Yeah, Zip... <laughs> Yeah. Ziv couldn't make it this time. He actually was called into a last-minute rehearsal. And so we will sadly be recording this episode without him Aww. physically. But he's with us in spirit, of course. True. True that. And you know what? He's a little bit lucky because today <laughs> we, we today we watched a movie called Girl in Golden Boots oh my God. from 1969. Another MST3K movie. Another movie that keeps interrupting itself with musical numbers because we weren't tired of that from last time. Right. Hey, 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 Adina. Hey. Hey. Uh, <laughs> have you seen this movie before? <laughs> no, Jack. Yeah? <laughs> no. Have you seen the MST3K dub before? No. Oh. no. You sure? Yes. <laughs> Just wondering. <laughs> yeah, this one was new for me, too. Never seen it before. Uh, I had no opening thoughts whatsoever on this. I just was thinking, you know what? It's it's the kind of thing where it's just going to be a dull 60s movie, and it was. Which it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. That being said, let's go ahead and take a look at the IMDb description for this. Would you like the honors? I, I would love it. Yes. So, so there uh, are uh, two uh, of them. So I'll just read... <laughs> 
I'll read the, I'll read them both. <laughs> so a young woman leaves her job as a waitress and travels to Los Angeles where she strives to become the top star in the glamorous world of go-go dancing. Okay. So number two, a young girl, Michelle, is persuaded by a disreputable agent type to leave her job as a waitress and travel to Los Angeles to become a go-go dancer. There, she must compete with the established top star, Joan, and eventually ends up taking her place. Neither, the, neither of these is Not really. Is accurate. And yeah. the parts that are are kind of spoiler territory. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess this isn't so, really a movie you can spoil. No, and I got, I got mad at the second one because the guy who, who persuades her to leave is a criminal. He's not an agent type. No. He's just a guy who's out running the police who sees a pretty girl and decides that he wants to take her to L.A. Well, I guess that being the case, let's go ahead and talk about this piece of shit. Okay. All right. So we open on the title and this long dance number. And it's surprise, surprise. The song is called Girl in Golden Boots. And you know, what? I hope you like this song because they play it a lot. <laughs> And the same dance, too. Yep. Yeah, and immediately. I mean, it, this is a cold open on boobs and boots. That's really all it is. It's girls in bikinis in silver boots, except for the main dancer who's in gold boots. Well, at least it's got an audience. <laughs> if, you can, if you can say anything about this movie, it's got an audience. Yes. At least a target demographic. Indeed. Now, what do you think of the music in this movie? I didn't hate it. Like, I, I mean, it wasn't great. But uh, it was clearly a vehicle for Chris Howard. Mm. We see him right at the top, Chris Howard, lyrics and music. And he's actually in it um, towards the end of the movie. He's one of the band members. Oh, is he? Yeah. And so, um, I, I, you know, look, the overall tone for me was just that it was boring. And so was the music. It, you know what? The music wasn't as good as... It's that. Yeah. <laughs> The other one. What was the other one? The incredibly saying? strange creatures that, that stopped yes, living and became mixed up zombies. <laughs> yes, that one. The music um, in that movie, not sad. The movie and the music in that movie was better than this, but it wasn't the worst music we've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, tolerable. I mean, yeah. like I said, I, I didn't hate this opening song the first time I heard it. Nope. And then, you, well, that's good because you hear it a lot. I mean, it's probably the best song in the movie. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Although there's a lyric that comes up later in a different song that's really quite delightful. Oh, I, so. can't, I, I can't wait. <laughs> now, there's a couple things that came up in the credits that I just noticed. It said, uh, there was one particular part near the end where it said, With Preston Epps, that, quote, bongo rock man. It, he is one of two people of color in the whole film. Yeah. Yeah, and that's all they do. And he's an extra. Yeah, the two of them, all they do is play bongos. That's it. Yeah, so we cut to our protagonist. It's a really loose term. <laughs> our girl soon to be in golden boots, Michelle, and she's at a roadside diner and just dancing her skinny little ass off, dancing poorly, I should add. Indeed. Yeah, and entering this leather-clad asshole greaser type, Buzz. And I love this guy because he acts like a 25-year-old, but he looks like a 38-year-old. He does. It's he so does. Weird. It's like the part was written for a guy, Critter's age, the guy who comes in later, mm -hmm. uh, around Michelle's age. Yeah. But he clearly is way in, he's clearly is in his late 30s at earliest. That's putting it nicely. Yes. Yeah. And he's terrible. Yeah, no, he's 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 not great. And he sees her dancing, and he goes in the into the diner and introduces himself as a weird drifter also comes in. Well, and it, we're, we've established that he's already wary of the police. Yes. So we've gotten that he's on the run from something. Because a cop pulls up in the parking lot and, he, right. he's and kinda he gets kind of giving him a side eye. Yeah. And right when this happens, we our other third main character comes in. This is a drifter named Critter. Who arrives with a family. Yeah. And then they disappear and we never see them again. I can't blame them for leaving this <laughs> asshole behind. This guy Anybody, was a tool. Well, he was kind of a tool, and he left his guitar on the top of his truck, which is like, look. Stupid. Yeah. 
And then he's got a motorcycle. Can you imagine how much sand is in that thing? Oh, my God. Seriously. Yeah. And, yeah. and not to mention, like, he, he comes in like, oh, hello, madam. How are you? Oh God, the way he spoke in the beginning. But then never again. Never again. It was this very heightened sort of Elizabethan way of talking. And it was kind of charming, especially compared to Buzz, who we knew was a dick and it stays a dick. I don't know. I, I kind of thought he'd kind of talk like a first-timer at a Ren fair. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> if I were a girl, which I am, and I saw a Critter. He's a handsome guy. He's a very handsome guy. Yeah. And if he was talking to me like that compared to the way Buzz was talking to me, fuck Buzz. Well, and then he's ra- Critter is waving around a bunch of money. Yeah. Oh, too. yeah. He so. says, I have $100. I want you to give me 10 Hershey bars. And she says, that will be $1. <laughs> We had to write that down. Ten Hershey bars for a dollar. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. If I had $100 in my pocket and someone <laughs> told me that 10 cents per Hershey bar, I'd be like, give me all of them. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> give me all the Hershey Thousands. bars. Thousands. Yes. Oh, my God. And then he just leaves. He he flirts a little bit with Michelle, but then he splits. Meanwhile, you know, so now it's Buzz and Michelle back in the diner, just them. And Buzz is talking to Michelle saying, hey, you're actually really good at dancing. You should go be famous, I guess, or something. My sister is a dancer. I have a connection in L.A. You want to come with me? Yeah, he he baits her. His sister's name is Joan. And she's apparently a dancer in in L.A. So he's trying to get her to come to Hollywood with him. So then it turns out her father works there as well. Yeah. And her father is Well, works is a strong word. Well, right. Her father's an alcoholic. I'm. I was about to use the c word. Um, he's a major ass dick, and uh, he probably hits her. Um, I think he does. Yeah. So she she goes back there to talk to him, and he starts giving her shit, saying, you know, she's like, Daddy, when are you going to clean yourself up? We don't need to lose another job. First of all, the owner of this company, they haven't been there very long, I can only assume from this conversation, yet the owner of this diner is just leaving them there to run the place right. on their own. <laughs> Apparently, he interviews very well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, he starts yelling at her and saying, you're just like your fucking mother. Then it cuts to the diner main room. You can only hear just noise and slamming and just nonsense in the back. And then right. she comes out crying. So I can only assume that he's beat the shit out of her. Yeah. Which yeah. is really fucked up. So she decides, okay, Buzz, I'm I'm a going, because Buzz has told her that all he wants is some companionship. <laughs> and then he's like, oh yeah, I also need someone to help me pay for gas. Exactly. <laughs> right? Do you mention this guy's is a douchebag? Oh my god. So yeah. So she leaves, and I'm gonna. She's. It, I mean, it was just so stupid. This young girl, and she's quite pretty, by the way. This actor isn't very good, but she's really lovely. Yeah. So she's a good-looking chick. Her character um, isn't very good either, Oh, though. my God. That's it's the terrible. Problem. Yeah. She's just awful. The whole script, this whole script is terrible. Aside from her wanting to dance, can you really use any descriptive word for her personality? Oh, no. Oh, no. No, no, no. Because you can't even call she her indecisive because... No, she has no backbone. She it, it, some of the Sometimes the script says that she might have a backbone, but then she doesn't. So she's kind of... I mean, she kind of just goes with the flow, kind of. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. She's a mess. She read the script. Right, exactly. So she's like, well, screw you, Dad. I'm going to go with this guy. And she doesn't even tell him. She packs a bag yeah. and leaves. So for all we know, there's like a missing persons report put out for right. this woman. Right. So, yeah. So out she goes. Yeah. And then we have a driving montage. And, <laughs> God, I hate this song. <laughs> It sure is, is lousy. Where, and this is where this like, lyric come, came. I had to stop oh, and Lord. write it down because I can't decide if it's brilliant or horrible. <laughs> Fire away. And the song is terrible. But the lyric is, the wheels of love are turning and there is no detour sign. <laughs> is it clever? That's like the kind of lyric you hear in like a... 50 cent gym techno remix song <laughs> yeah, yeah that's the, bad the, the I, wheels, I, i'm just trying to the wheels of love are turning and there is no detour sign so we're going nowhere but up baby that's what that says uh, to me. so yeah and, yeah and what's next oh i know oh the, the motorcycle guys yeah the, the convenience store scene oh my god what the fuck is this so, just to establish that the buzz is hardcore 
I guess because these guys, so they they pull into this convenience store, and and of course they're in this convertible. So she's you know wanting to fix her hair, which never. She she's like, can I get you anything? She's like, can you find me a place so I can fix my hair? No one's which hair never is happens. fixed in this movie. Yeah, no. So yeah, so she stays in the car, and as he's getting as he's pulling in, these two guys on motorcycles just totally cut him off. Yeah. And so, I mean, there is absolutely no reason for these guys to be such dicks. Well, no, there is. They're bikers. <laughs> they're bikers. So they mu- in in a in a in a movie. Okay. They must be douchebags. Of course, because they're riding motorcycles. Yeah. It's stupid. It's stupid as fuck. Anyway, so she's alone in the car, and she's uncomfortable because they're giving her the once-over. And I thought this was going to be, you know, a really dangerous scene. Turns out... Joke's on you. They... (laughs) (laughs) Turns out they, they just sort of look at her, and they're like, oh, you're pretty. And then they go inside and just mess with Buzz. Which is nice. I like that. But why? Why? Because they read the script I, again. <laughs> I, I I I don't know because he showed up at the same time as they did in a car and not a bike, and so they have no respect for him. Right. Okay. So does he buy anything? Does he actually get anything? Uh, no, he doesn't. Right. He just tries yeah. to leave, and they corner him, and then I, I, well, I guess he was paying for gas. Or something. He was getting something he from them. He was getting something. And then, so the cashier was like, can y'all just leave him alone? And he leaves. Oh, he must have gotten beer. That's, That's what right. it was. That's right. He, he got beer, beer. Because he pours a can of beer. While they're still inside. On one of the biker's bikes. Worse. Light beer. Yeah. Seriously. He's gone he's, too far. Oh, my God. And the guy, he's like, oh, the motorcycle guy's like, oh, you're going to get it. And he doesn't even wipe off the bike. He gets right on the bike. No. So not only is there beer on the bike, but he's going to sit in that it. That son of a bitch. He's lucky he picked my favorite brand. They go on this chase. Oh, well, hold on. Let's. Uh, yes, It's a thrilling speed limit oh my God. chase. Right. When they go a whopping 45 miles per hour down the treacherous straight lane road and then i guess buzz decides he's bored of this as are we and then pulls over to face off with him and he just pulls out a gun that he just suddenly has out of nowhere right which okay again this is like okay look this guy's threatening i get it and he shoots out the tires the front tires of each bike and basically that's it except that you know buzz and michelle take off they they escape and one of the biker guys is like, well, what are we going to do now? And the other guy just decks him. And he him. sounded just like that. <laughs> he, did. he did. And the other guy just decks him. And see, this whole scene, like I said, it's to, it's to establish that Buzz is kind of a badass. But it doesn't because the entire time he's holding this gun, he looks like a scared little bitch. Right. He doesn't even look like he knows how to hold it. No. And, and if you're a badass, you're going to shoot a bitch. You're not going to shoot the tires. Yeah. He should have shot somebody in the foot or something. Yeah. So, yeah. So then they get away. Yeah. And Michelle and it, is vi- visibly upset. Right. And the, right before this, when the guy decks the other guy, that's when I thought, oh, is this a comedy? Because it was one of those moments where it was like a slapstick moment. You know? Was there comedy in this movie? Like intentional comedy? I don't know. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I could never get the tone of it. And you know what? This is where I was started. Give, started. It stopped soon after, but I started giving the movie props because I thought where it was going was it was going to be a road trip drama about this woman who's finding out that maybe the dream that she wants isn't worth it when she finds out the danger that she's faced with. Right, right, right. Yes, exactly. Which is a cool idea. Yes. It's kind of like Badlands, but then the yeah, movie just is... decides to get to L.A. and then just drops the ball. Oh, my God. It's just terrible. So, yeah. So, then they, they make it and... Well, they kiss. And they, they kiss can't... in the car. There's absolutely no chemistry between the two of these people. Yeah. At all. And so, and this is where I'm like, which, Michelle, really? So you're just going to, because they paint her as this country girl who really doesn't know anything. Yeah, very so, naive. So I think that's, that's her only description, that she's naive. So she's just going to roll with whatever goes. Yeah. So she knows no better. And that's basically her, that's her through line, the whole thing. There's no arc. There she, is no she's arc. She's still just as naive she's as She's just going to be... A naive girl who just wants to dance. Enter Critter. Yeah. Well, re-enter Critter, I should say. Yes, who's who's now, without his friends, the truck is gone. Yeah. And he's got his bike. I mean, it kind of makes sense because 
you've heard the way the guy was talking in the beginning of the movie. Would you want to hang out in the car ride with that guy the entire way to L.A.? That'd drive me fucking nuts. <laughs> no, I would not. Like, it pardon was... me, sir. <laughs> I must use the latrine. Would you mind pulling over so I may drop water? It's like, no, dude. You know what, Critter? <laughs> Fuck off. You're out. Yeah, I suppose. But we get to the scene where they're riding some sort of, is it like a dune buggy of some sort? It was, it was the uh, watercraft from Zat. Yeah. <laughs> It kind of was. Yeah. Yeah, and Critters with some other dude who's, who's Dune Buggy, I'm assuming Who the fuck was. was that guy? I don't know. That's what I wrote. I'm like, who's the new guy? It's Peter from the room. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't but know yeah, who is this guy? <laughs> who are you? And then he just disappears. He just drives know, off. Just he just drives off into the sea. Yeah. Yeah. And so then there's this little love triangle thing that happens. So, so Buzz goes oh, somewhere. <laughs> to do something yeah. and leaves Michelle and Critter together and then they kiss. Yeah. And, and, and then Buzz sees it and right. then gets pissed. Right. And he just flying tackles the guy, which I don't know how the fuck that happened because <laughs> look, okay, look, Critter is a, he's, he's, I wouldn't call him in good shape, but he's, he's got some muscle. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's a guy of size. Mm-hmm. Whereas Buzz looks like a fucking Mormon. <laughs> He, he's just, he's like a little guy with he like guy. high pants, like all the way up, yeah. button down shirt. I mean, probably weighs yeah. about 120 pounds soaking wet and he's somehow flying tackles yeah, this guy. Tackles, tackles Critter. But that's the whole dynamic now because, right. you know, Michelle secretly wants Critter, Critter openly wants Michelle, and then Buzz ain't having any of that shit. Right. So, so some for some reason, Critter asks to join the little party. To get to L.A. Yeah. And so they're all now, they're buddies. Yeah, they're all three of them <laughs> On a road trip now. Yeah. And they stop at a gas station. hmm And Buzz knocks the station attendant out and robs the place. Because he's a bad boy. And, and that's what I wrote. I just, he just robbed the gas station. Rude. And you <laughs> see in that scene, like, again, if this is just in keeping with the previous scene where he kind of takes half measures to escape, like when he shot out the tires instead of actually shooting those guys in the kneecap or something crazy. He had, the way the shot's set up, he had a, a good solid amount of time just wandering about in front of the register until the guy came back, then he hits him over the head. Yeah. It's time wasted for us. Right. And he could have easily just swiped some cash out of that and split. Right. And then and He's then He's a dumbass. And then he turns the lights off and turns the open sign to closed and locks the door. Yeah. So mm. he, he he like pries the door shut or something. I think he I don't locks know what it. He, yeah. I think he locks it. So, you know, the gas station will look closed and people won't notice that the guy is knocked out. And then and then they realize what he's done and they all pull the car over to discuss. And, oh, my God, the lighting. Awful lighting. Oh I wrote that down, too. Yeah, you yeah. can't see anything. Right. Right. And I did read something about one of the shots where it was it was outside, but they used some sort of either lens oh, or the film. trivia piece? Yeah. I want to read that verbatim. Let's yeah. save that for okay. trivia. All right. So we'll wait. Because yeah. The lighting in this this movie was horrendous. Because I could never tell, are we at dusk? Are we at night? Are we during the day? What time of day is, is this it? This was bad. And it the fact terrible. that it was shot in daylight is is even more offensive. Right. This was worse lighting than A Touch of Satan. Yes. Yeah. Because Definitely. those were at least shot at nighttime. And right. they just didn't have any lighting equipment. So they right. just shot. <laughs> this was shot in daylight. You can't see a single fucking thing in the shot. Nope. Unacceptable. <laughs> now we get this. We finally get to Los Angeles, and I guess it's Christmas time. So this is a Christmas movie, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and let's celebrate Christmas by going to a haunted house. <gasps> oh my god! Seriously. Did you get incredibly strange creatures that stopped living and became mixed up zombies <laughs> vibes from yes. this? Yes. So so we get this huge montage of LA shots, huge, like just overly long, and then they go to a haunted house in December. Yeah. Which turns out it's actually just a place where the go-go dancers now, are. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> because they were proud of this haunted house. They were. At least the props they had for it because they did POV shots of all the spooky, scary stuff all over the place set to weird sci-fi music. Yeah, it was very strange. Yeah. But, yes, it, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's just a front for this nightclub they have in the back. Which, oh, my God. And then we get to hear Girl in Gold Boots again. Oh, Everybody. because we missed it so much the first time. Yeah. And it's the same scene that we see at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. 
And so what we get established is that there's a main dancer and then there are all these other dancers. That are wearing silver boots. Right. The main dancer is wearing gold. And they all finish the song and the silver dancers run out. I guess it's the finale. And the gold the gold boot wearing woman will be like, ah, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> and then she just fucks off. That's what happens every single time. Every single time. No matter who's wearing the golden boots. Yep. Now we meet the club owner, Leo. Leo. And his twitchy goon, who I, I wrote the, to be the Phantom from the Prince of Space, because he looked like the Phantom of Crancor. This guy looked like he was wearing a mask, he a really did. good mask. He but. did, and he kind of looked like um, the henchman Diego in Incredibly Strange Creatures, too. Who stopped living and became mixed of zombies. <laughs> so they approached them, you know, like, what the fuck are you doing in our club? And they say, hey, look, no, my sister Joan is the gold boot girl, so let's meet her. And they take her back to meet Joan, who's really strung out until, you know, her brother comes in and she gets all excited. But yeah. before before they get actually further into it, Leo approaches Buzz and is like, hey, give me that gun. I know you're holding a gun. Right. Give me the gun. I'm going to give him props because this is actually a good setup to what happens later. Yeah. So he gets- I liked Leo. Yeah, Leo the, was all right. The guy who played Leo and the woman who played Joni, not terrible. Was he your hobo in the barn? He was not. He comes later. Okay, it, okay. It took me a minute, you know, because there weren't that many really hobo-ish people. This is one where I had a hard time guessing who this one was going to be, yeah, so I'm excited Leo, to get to Leo that. had a little too much to do. Yeah. Um, plus, he was a little too good of an actor. Um, he, was just, he was in his own movie, really. Um, he could have been my hobo, but he was not. I can't guess who your hobo is, but we'll see. <laughs> So yeah, so they meet Joni, um, and she she gets so Buzz talks her into giving Michelle a shot at dancing. She says, "Hey, this." He says, "Hey, this girl's really good at dancing. Give her an audition." And she's yeah. like, "All right, sure, that's fine." Right, <laughs> and Joni's actually pretty cool. I like Joni. So, but we we get the idea that she's um a little strung out and uh, kind of you know what is it road hard and put away wet. <laughs> so. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I have never heard that before, but I'm going to oh, use really? it all the time. Oh, okay. It's going to be the most awkward family Thanksgiving ever next year, but you know what? I'm fucking doing it. Now, Critter starts to leave, I guess, but then I guess he reconsiders after talking to Michelle a little about it before right, he leaves. Right, because he's like, girl, you got to get out of here. She's like, I'm staying because I'm going to be a go-go dancer. <laughs> That's it. And then and then Joan comes into Michelle's dressing room later Dressed as her favorite Gullah Gullah Island character, <laughs> that blue, that yellow and black polka dot dress thing, and then tells her that she needs a makeover. She gets her new outfit, Michelle. Yeah. And then she has her audition, which is just terrible. In a completely different outfit, mind yeah. you. Yeah. Okay. So she's put her in this yellow outfit. That's really the, the costumes in this for the ladies. Uh, 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 for the most part, I really enjoyed. A yeah. lot. Too I bad really the continuity loved. just didn't enjoy him very right, much. Right, right, right. So the costuming was great. So yeah, so she puts him, her, she, Joni puts Michelle in this really lovely yellow getup. And then we cut to the actual audition where she's super stiff, by the way. Yeah. And it's this sort of greenish bikini, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, what happened to the yellow, whatever? So yeah, so then. It's a then, terrible audition. It's a terrible but audition. But it is a fictional story, so she nails it. Right. <laughs> And Anyways. then we find out that Critter got hired, too, as a janitor. Yeah. He's mopping up the floors, and he's checking her out while she's doing her thing. And also, can we can we mention, like, when they finish their dance, how it, just before it cuts away, Joni's like, hey, wait, hold on, let me fix that. And, like, she has Michelle turn around to fix something going on with her bikini. Yes. We should, also should mention that Critter is now clean-shaven. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So he, he had to shave his, to get the job. He shaved his beard and mustache. Yeah. Still a fan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I only asked because what's his name? Leo says to him, you look half human with that beard gone, which I don't know what that means. (laughs) I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but we're going to run with it because it's a movie (laughs) written on crack. (laughs) Now, next, next, we cut to another subplot where Buzz and the Phantom of Crankor are fixing an engine, which is more or less a setup. Because mm-hmm. then they're approached by a hippie. Joey. Was this him? That's it. No. Fuck. He was close. Fuck. He was close. Joey was great. Joey was great. And I couldn't tell if he was an informant or, you know, I think he was an informant. I don't know what. Because we see, we see a guy at another car 
with what seems to be um, audio equipment. So oh no, he's no, no, listening no, no, no! That's that's putting it nicely. This guy is holding. Right. This guy's wearing ear earphones hooked up to a paint light, pointed in the direction, the in, general direction yes. of these two gentlemen. So yeah, so we, I, it was unclear on whether Joey and this guy were in cahoots or whatever, but Joey was great, and it turns out it's a drug buy. Yeah, it's a drug swap. And and that's this a thing about this too. Is is right around here? I wrote the editing on this thing is no good either. Oh yeah, it's like they didn't even pay attention. No. Now, they get back to the club, and Buzz notices that Critter is still around, and he's still making eyes at Michelle while she's doing her thing. So he pulls him aside, basically to tell him straight, like, you know, look, it's not going to work out, buddy. Step, Stay away from my girl. <laughs> that whole shit. Yeah. And that's that dynamic is going on for what reason? I mean, he doesn't really have a purpose to be approaching him other than just out of sheer jealousy, and that doesn't right. really seem to be, like, in keeping with Buzz's character. Well, Buzz is just sort of branded Michelle as his, and that's the way it's going to go. He peed on her leg. <laughs> that's right. Now, yeah. this is Michelle's first night in silver boots because she nails the audition, like we said. Of course. And so she's dancing with everyone else, and she's ahead of the count. But again, this is fiction, so she's, of course, <laughs> a hit. But I couldn't help but notice that all the crowd shots you see, people like reacting to these dances, they all look bored as all hell. Yes. Like, yeah. what was Everybody's the deal? Bored. I don't know. Were, were these extras given any direction whatsoever? No. No, Jack. No. So my question is, why is why is the place so hush-hush? Because it's not that risque. Yes, there's some scandalously clad women, but as soon as they finish their dance number, they have people square dancing at the front of the fucking stage. Right. People just dance. It's a dance club. Is That's it, all it so is. So dancing is illegal? What is this, East Berlin? I, like, what I the fuck is happening in this place? I mean, yeah, I don't know why... It, they'd have to hide it unless that's the theme. But then, I mean, the only time you ever see anything more about it is these nostrils that blow smoke at the top of the stage. Oh, okay, let's talk about the stage. Because, yeah, what the fuck? This is like a Yo Gabba Gabba creation <laughs> or something. Because it's the, the entire stage is a giant open mouth. Right. With this goofy ass looking creature has like stupid little cartoony teeth. Yeah. Hanging, hanging around the edges of it. And the band is on the stage. And uh, and you never see the singer. You no. never see anybody singing, which is the weirdest thing because there's always a singer. But yeah, the state. Yeah, I don't understand. Maybe that was just the theme of this place that it was a haunted house. But and then we're supposed to get some creepy vibe because Leo is a clearly an under uh, like a mob guy or cr- a criminal. But then what's with the whole boots shtick they keep going with? Well, that's it's- the title of the movie. Oh yeah, Jack. <laughs> So, so then the reason is they had this stage, they had it already set up, probably existed from a previous film, and they had access to it, and they said, let's just shoot around this because and it, it was cool. And it was the cool. 60s, yeah. so go-go boots were a thing. Yeah, I guess. That's, that's it. Bikinis and boots. That's all we need. Okay, so back in the dressing room, Leo approaches Michelle and says he wants to take her out to meet some of the customers at the front. And then he also gives her the gold boots and says, hey, you're going to dance in Joan's place tomorrow night. She's feeling tired. And Joni is right there. Yeah. And I, this is where I was like, can she not hear you? Well, she's also probably high as balls. Well, and that's what I wrote. I was like, because she's high, but still. So Leo right there. And we have established that Leo and Joni are a thing. Yeah. They're supposed to be together. Yeah. And so now Leo's putting the moves on Michelle and saying, I'm going to make you a star. I mean, I guess that's kind of in keeping with Leo's character because he's sleazy. Like, he treats objects like women. But the thing is, is that <laughs> he... If, if you're the top girl, that's what he wants. Right. It's a it's a it's a money thing for him. Yeah, it it's, is. I get it. I mean, I don't get it. But so then Joni puts her in this jumpsuit, and then they go to this party, and she's wearing something completely different. Well, this is after we this is after we establish that she's also taking pills because we actually see her taking pills backstage right. for the first time. Yes, but this is because this jumpsuit is going to come back. Yes. Okay, which is again editing. So yeah, so she's doing she she goes to this party, she's taking pills. She's drinking alcohol. I'm like, things are moving a little bit fast, aren't they? And how long has she been here? Yeah, she's smoking. Well, she's there. She's smoking weed. Well, is it like a two, long shot of two him days? teaching her how to smoke? I guess. Two days? Three days? Maybe? Yeah. She's completely jaded to this. I, and this is where we see our people of color. These are our bongo players. Yes. Um, and that's, that's it. There's just playing bongo in the background while a bunch it. of middle-aged white people have drinks and cocktails in the background right and so leo tells her she should go dance for the people which is gross 
Leo is gross. This movie is gross. And that's all she does. Like she, she'll just like start interrupting people's conversations to you know start grinding on them and like throwing her scarf around their faces and taking their drinks away. And it's like they, they, they which, which doesn't go with her naive character but yeah all of a sudden she's she's okay with and maybe we're supposed to surmise that she's taking the drugs and the alcohol and she's just letting it all go and she has no sense of reason or whatever but it's just terrible what drove me crazy about the scene in particular was the room tone now room tone for those at home is when in filmmaking you record a scene before you shoot it Typically, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds to a minute of just the tone of the room to kind of capture that, to layer it in in the audio editing. Now, they did this in this movie, but they did it for about 10 seconds of noise that is standing out. So you hear like the same type of shrill laughter repeating every single 10 seconds. Yeah. It completely takes you out. I, I, the first time I watched this, I could not focus on what they were actually saying in the scene, what was actually happening, because I kept waiting for that woman's... <laughs> <laughs> laugh to come back in. This was bad. It was this a is inexcusable. Scene. Yeah, this scene was terrible. So then we cut to Michelle's first gold boots night. How is she getting worse at dancing? Because no she idea. gets progressively worse. This must have been day, like shooting day one. Maybe. Yeah. She's she's just not good. But again, it's fiction, so she's a hit. Right. <laughs> Next day, Buzz meets with the hippie again. He gives him some money. The the hippie pulls out some money from his crotch and hands it over to Buzz. And Buzz is like, hey, why don't you check out that wheel well, big fella? And he reaches under there and pulls out the drugs, I guess, which we never even find we out never, what kind of drugs yeah, they are. we don't know. And then right when that happens, you know, he splits. This weird guy who's been listening in, who you think is a cop through the paint light he chases after buzz which made me laugh i love this scene this is like the dumbest on foot chase scene i've ever seen in a movie like these two like not in great shape middle-aged guys like trying to like hide from each other and sneak around like around alleys there's like one scene where you see buzz just like run to an alley in plain sight and he's trapped there's he, nowhere for him to go. This is before he's trapped, before he's cornered. Because he, he he runs into an alley straight away from the same street he was just running off of. And then just presses himself up against the wall like he's hiding. Even though he's in he's in plain, plain sight. sight. Yeah. It's terrible. Yeah, this foot chase is terrible. But then, yeah, he, he does get cornered. And then we don't find out what happens until later. Critter, meanwhile, is apparently a songwriter, as we yes. see from his guitar. And this is where we meet Chris Howard. Yeah, because he overhears Critter playing his music. Exactly. So then they decide he hears him playing this stupid little lick on his guitar. And he's like, we should play that. Really? Yeah, we should play it. Let's talk to the guys. And Chris Howard is the guy who wrote the lyrics and music for most of the most of this movie. And probably the song that he paid for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. a really, really good song. Whoever wrote that is really smart. <laughs> So, yeah, so then... And that pissed it, me off because, you know, you'd think this, they would take this opportunity to kind of give Critter something as far as the future goes. Mm, or at least right. to, to walk away from. Right, so they, he doesn't even get to sing or play his song. No. Nothing. So later we find out that he sold it, but I was like, wait, so you're not going to let him You're not gonna let him play it? And his through line with this character is he keeps disapproving of of Michelle's choices, but he sticks around because he loves her. Right. But he, he keeps telling her, you need to get away from this place. It's not good for you. Yeah. And so to actually see him faced with the potential to actually make something of himself as far as a, a, a front man goes or something like that and then to turn it down right. would further add that nice dynamic between that. But no. No. Yeah. He's just a lovesick puppy who just gets some mop floors in the background and pluck a few shitty notes <laughs> on the guitar. And then we get to see Michelle in the jumpsuit she was wearing before. Yep. This next scene. So this is this is where I was like, oh, editing. Did yeah. you right? Because I wrote, is this scene supposed to was this scene supposed to have been earlier? This is the scene where he's talking to Michelle in the back room, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought, wait, wait mm, okay. <laughs> and then he decides he's gonna leave. <laughs> he's gonna leave. He's like, I'm I'm done. And he offers like because he says, I made a hundred dollars from the songs that I sold to these guys. I'm gonna give you half if you come with me right now. And she says, That's more than anyone else has offered me. To which I say, Aren't you getting paid to dance? Yeah, you're the lead dancer right now. So thank you, script writer. Because <laughs> that makes no sense. Yeah. And then he professes this huge secret to her. His reason why he why he won't say come with me. 
Because he's a draft dodger. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so then, so you're a coward. So that's why you don't think you're worthy of love. It's, I just, it's dumb. Is it, it's so dumb. Is that his through line? Is it's so dumb and contrived. It, After this confession, this turns into a musical because then he's got to sing. So Critter, he kind of looks like Elvis, y'all. Yeah, they're bit. really going for the Elvis thing. He's yeah. outside of the club. Yeah, he's outside. He's in the. It is raining, and they have him sing the entire song. It's not like a bit of the song, and then we fade out. Fade yeah. out. It's the freaking whole song. And then this is the part where the editor was like, "Oh yeah, you got to criticize my editing. Watch this. I'm going to superimpose Michelle over the background." Oh my god! Wow! Oh my god! So terrible. Yeah. And and so just imposed and not necessary. So then we decided to go back to the plot, I guess. Yeah. Because the man who cornered Buzz is then introduced as this guy who is a trustee with the. Are you really? First of all, his name is Harry Blatz. So come on. I mean, he's definitely the most interesting person in the movie. He is my homo in a barn. All right. Well, let's talk <laughs> about this. He's so yeah. rumpled. Like he's so Columbo ish. Yeah. Okay. Right. And he's he's got a plan. He's a smart dude. And he's out of shape and somehow managed to outrun an apparently 25-year-old man. Thank you. Yeah. So Harry Blatz, and I didn't truly understand exactly his deal, but he had some inside scoop with the police department and knowing when they got a big shipment of drugs in for evidence or whatever. But then he would also get locked up. Yeah, that made right? no sense. So yeah, so he would this is how he this is how he knew when there was a, a drug evidence that he got thrown in jail a lot. <laughs> so, but he always got out. But the way the movie treats it, it's like he just has – he goes in there like it's just a thing to do. Right. Because, like, the next time we see him, he's just in jail. Right. He's like, oh, hey, Tom. How how you doing? I haven't seen you in a couple days. Right. Here's my new buddy. Yeah. But, yeah, here's the thing. There's apparently $100,000 in a trash can in this jail. <laughs> and they're trying to bring in Leo on it. That's what – because he, he – he, so – yeah, because Leo gets pissed oh that he brings Harry into the establishment. This movie just made so much more sense to me now that I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> because they proposed this to Leo because Buzz brings this guy in. He's like, hey, you got to listen to this guy's plan. There's a hundred, hundred grand in a trash can in jail, <laughs> and we're going to go in there and get it. And then Leo says, that's the stupidest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> What's your name? H- Harry Blatz. Yes, Harry Blatz. Well, you better get out of here, Harry. He tells Buzz... You're a fucking idiot, dude. <laughs> yeah. This guy is an alcoholic. He is an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And you know what? Actually, you know what? Go with him. You'll yeah. have fun. Yes. Yeah, because Leo, it's a win-win for him. Because if if they succeed, he gets... Half? Half. Yeah. If they don't, he's rid of the problem. Basically. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so Harry takes Leo... Uh, I'm sorry, Buzz... To the prison, which – or jail, because it's clearly not a prison because they can walk in and get in Oh, it's from the, the most roof. easy to escape jail ever. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So – and the, the cop who's sort of standing guard-ish, uh, he's very fun. I liked him I a lot. I thought he was going to be your hobo yeah, in a barn. Yeah, he was very close to being my hobo in a barn. Um, but wouldn't he know everybody – went in and out of that he place? was too nonchalant he didn't right. get he didn't give a shit yeah so so yeah so then so buzz they get the money and then how we don't know it's yeah, just, it's, no just idea. it's just can. in a trash can they just walk in with their, they, with their own trash can right so they're 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 pretending that they're emptying the trash so maybe maybe harry is like on a work release program or something through i don't know anyway buzz kills harry yeah it's terrible he didn't need to no, he did not need to kill Harry. He could have just knocked him out and locked him in the cell. Yeah. That's it. But he kills Harry. And so that's when I wrote, Buzz, you fucking suck. Yeah. So and then again, Buzz. The easiest jail escape ever found. Oh, right. Yeah. Buzz just leaves with money. He just like goes outside, walks past the security guard. He goes on top. He climbs on top of a dumpster. There's a barbed wire fence, but it just ends. And the, but the fence still goes on. So there's just like this like big gap in the barbed wire that's clearly like not unintentionally put there. Right. And Leo and uh, uh, Buzz leaves 
and takes the money back to Leo. And then we get Joe's Oscar moment because we get back to the dressing room where she starts to have like this complete mental breakdown oh in front of us. Oh my god, Joni. I was like, what the hell? She's she's totally strung out. She she sees what's happening with Michelle and I mean, it is the weirdest fucking scene. It is and it's uncomfortable to watch. And, and up till now I've I've considered her one of the better actors in the movie. Until this moment. Yes. Because yeah. the thing is, is that she acts like she's strung out the entire time, and it just occurred to me at this scene, no, that's been her trying to act straight yeah. this entire time. The entire time. And now is her Oscar and now, moment. Yeah, and it was terrible. And it results in her taking drugs, overdosing, and they just plop her on the couch. And then Leo's like, you know, just let her ride it out. It's going to be fine. Oh, also, Michelle Hay, you could be the next Golden Boots girl if you want to. You want to yeah, do it? Huh? You should. I would <laughs> if I could wear boots. Sorry, I don't know why we are established that Leo can't wear boots. <laughs> but yes, he offers her a permanent spot as the lead dancer. And it's that moment where, you know, Critter's in the room with them too. And he's like, uh, God, I don't know which one I should do. I don't know. And so, I can't remember how the scene fucking ends. All I know is the next thing I have is that they fight. Oh, yeah, because well, yeah, Michelle, Michelle and Critter then talk it out. And then the next thing, we cut to them going into Leo's office. We're in the in Leo's office is Leo, Buzz, and the Phantom of Crankor, and they're all <laughs> hanging out in there. And they said, "You know what? We're gonna fuck off. We're we're gone. We're not dealing with this anymore." It's at this moment where Leo says, "No, you actually know too much. Here, look, it's a trash can full of a hundred thousand dollars. Hey, kick his ass, guys!" And so Buzz grabs Critter, and then. Critter somehow gets a couple lucky shots off on Leo, knocks him out. He's taken out. Yeah. A couple more on the Emperor of Crankor, and then this really <laughs> anticlimactic fight with Buzz. Yeah, this, this fight was so bad, the music was terrible, and it sounded like Batman. And the, it did. And the punches sounded like claps, like somebody was just clapping. Yeah. Like old-time Foley artist punching but it's it made it reminded me of batman yeah it no, it did for me too all you needed was like the big zam yeah Pow. Bap. 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 <laughs> and, and so eventually critter just kicks their asses but it's just not a good fight you've been building up to this showdown between critter and buzz this entire time but he's just treated more like a common thug like again like in like a classic batman serial right. but he knocks them all out then he calls the police and then we cut to our epilogue straight from there, I guess, which, oh, my God, let's talk about this. So, yeah, so Critter and Michelle. <laughs> Off screen. <laughs> what, are the, what were the signs? I, oh, I didn't write down. What look, the... It was like, look out. People fucking on beach. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, it shows like these close-ups of signs posted throughout the side of a road. Right. And it said, watch out. Uh, honeymoon and couple. Recently married. Oh right, and beach then, fucking. And but he and then he was on his way to join up. Yeah. So yeah. So so then it's a little. Beach. Oh, yeah, that's what that's what also establishes it because yeah. we see a sign saying, um, "Soon to be army man yeah. and war wife." Right. Exactly. Yes. So yeah. So we see our last shot is her dancing, him playing the guitar. We can only assume they just fucked with the guitar. Exactly. Indeed. And so. And so we're supposed to um, get that they are married now, and he's um, going to go join the army. Before he sings, right, well, right after he sings a song right. with a different voice yeah. <laughs> while she dances. Yes. And then that's it. And that's, that's it. That's, that's, that's the, the movie, movie, folks. This is one of the first times where I need to collect my thoughts a little bit. <laughs> so let's take a quick break. And um, I'm not going to go to the liquor cabinet on this one, but I'm going to think about things. And then we're going to come back to you with some trivia. Okay, we're back. So, trivia. I have one thing on this that I wanted to read. Because, not necessarily because it's an interesting piece of trivia, but just because this is a flub. This is a fuck-up that's in the trivia section. Yeah. That I like. Yeah, read it. Okay. So, under IMDb's trivia, this is... What, exactly what it says. When the bikers are chasing the main characters after pouring beer in their bikes, everything looks very blue. Though that can be achieved with light filters and gels. 
This particular scene was shot outdoors with indoor film, which is not color balanced for sunlight, causing everything to look blue. So the trivia is they fucked up in a shot. Yeah. Yeah. And so you wonder, did they do it on purpose? No. No. <laughs> There's no purpose to them doing that. Maybe they thought it would be cool. Maybe it was their I, fr- I don't know. <laughs> I, I would guess that based on that, they probably must have fired three different editors throughout this because it looks like it was cobbled by different people. Yeah. It's a mess. Did the you dig anything up? I did. Um, Ted V. Michaels, Michaels, who was the director and producer on this, he did a shit ton of movies. And he's he died in 2016, and he's still got movies coming out. Do you want to read some of the titles of these movies? Oh, my God. Hold on, Seriously, go ahead. Pull it up. No, I'll, yeah, I'll let you read these, because these are great. Yeah. I mean, and, and uh, some of the actors in this were in other movies of his, uh, like the guy who played um, Marty, who was the, what, what do you call him? The... The Phantom of Crane Corps. Yep, that also, guy. that guy's IMDb profile picture is incredible. It's fantastic. So he, oh, hold on. Some of these titles. So are some of these amazing. titles of of Mister. Here, I'll just go with um, 2017. He had a movie, Ten Violent Women, Part Two. Uh, in 2015, Paranormal Extremes: Text Messages from the Dead. And he had a series of. Uh, okay, so Mark of the Astro Zombies, and then we get Astro Zombies M3 cloned. We get Astro Zombies M4 invaders from cyberspace, which begs the question: Where's Astro Zombies M2? Uh, here's one from one. 1997: Apartheid Slave, Women's Justice. Okay. Um, Angel of Vengeance, 1987. Ten Violent Women was in 1982, so Ten Violent Women 2 came out in 2017, y'all. Blood Orgy of the She-Devils, 1973. (laughs) The Corpse Grinders, 1971. And the first Astro Zombies movie came out the same year as Golden Gold Gold Boots. Uh, Oh, my God. What? 1996, The Black Klansman? Yeah, I think from these like list of movies, it's easy to tell that this probably wasn't his first choice of a movie to direct. Wow. So his first movie that he directed was Strike Me Deadly in 1963, and then his second one, under a different name, Dr. Six. <laughs> so yeah, so that's our director and producer, folks. Yeah, he was quite prolific. Anything else you dug up on it? I did. Um, Leslie McKay, who played uh, Michelle... Um, was, it's so funny, her bio includes this, that she was born uh, when her mom was 15. So she was, her mom was a teen mother. Yep. She did beauty pageants as a kid, and she was a, a model. And I looked up some of her modeling shots. She was fine. No, she's, she's beautiful. Oh, my God. There was that one shot that I sent you in Zip where she looks like a corpse. Right. But Yeah, no. She, she, she's gorgeous. Wow, you guys. She almost married into the Marcos family, like a Melda Marcos family, mm-hmm. right? And then she wrote a book called Kept Women, True Confessions from a Life of Luxury. And I looked it up on Amazon. It's not reviewed very well. <laughs> but I might want to read it. So yeah, so she wrote she wrote this book, and she I mean she was a model. She was she was very successful as a model, um, not very successful as an actor, but she did quite well for herself. And if you look her up, gosh, you guys, she's just, she was just stunning, just beautiful. And then Mark Heron, who played Leo, who did a shit ton of movies. This guy was a good actor. Was married to Judy Garland. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's what I found out. That's what I got. It's a lot better than my last piece. Oh. <laughs> Jody Daniels, the guy who played Critter, his IMDb profile picture is of Michelle. Oh, jeez. He's not anywhere in the picture, not even in the background. Oh. I'm here to be a dancer. All right, best line, worst line. Okay. All right. So let me find it. Hold on. So, uh... Are we going with best line first? Yes, please. Okay. So my best line was... This was early in when we see them riding this stupid dune buggy from Zat. (laughs) 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 Critter says to Michelle, 
You're even prettier when you're wet and angry, honey child. That was up there for me. (laughs) Yeah. My best line was a moment when Critter and Michelle are talking before he almost leaves for the second time. Uh And he says... The pigs of this world won't let you sit on the fence above the mud and watch the action for very long. You either run when they spy you, or they'll pull you down. That's right. Yeah, that was, that was a good. That's yeah, a good yeah, line. That's yeah. good line. Uh, scraping on some depth. Mm-hmm. What do you have for your worst line? Okay, so my worst line is, I believe Buzz says it to Joey, and I wrote it because I just didn't understand. <laughs> he says. I wouldn't trust you with a care package. What the <laughs> fuck did that mean? Yeah. No. I just, I wouldn't trust you with a care package. Well, okay. Yeah, I, so, I have no idea. Uh, I think uh, 60s, I, I think, I I think just, it's a generation gap. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't get it. My worst line was uh, in the same scene from the previous best line that I said. <laughs> and uh, Buzz is talking about how he wants to like fall into some hole somewhere away. And then Michelle's response was my worst line where she says, all right, you find your hole me. Oh God, that is so terrible. Yeah. Ugh. I must've missed that. Cause I probably would have written that down. That was almost my best line because it made me laugh. Oh my God. I was like, Whoa. <laughs> bricks. That's terrible. Drinking game. Well, every time we see the the dance. Oh God! What, yeah. what are you gonna do? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think shots are required. Shot, yeah, well, shots, shots are, are required through most of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, it would be every time there's a continuity error. Because oh there's a lot of moments in this where you know, you, like one one like for example, there's one scene where Joan is confronting Leo before she takes the pills and her hair is like pinned up and all right, whatever. And then it cuts immediately to her again and it's all down and disheveled. Yep. Especially the hair, the hair and the lighting, the hair and the lighting. And then anytime you'll, and the continuity stuff. I mean, when you see Michelle wearing something completely different than what she should be wearing, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. What did they do? Right. I love the costumes. Yeah. For the girls. They're fun. Yeah. That and oh gosh, so good. And I thought the music wasn't terrible. Um some of the casting was good. I liked Critter. I did like Critter. He was charismatic. Yeah, I like Critter and I loved Harry Blatt's. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it I though. Think, I think Harry Blatt's could and maybe should have his own movie more than this one. Indeed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's just he's like the He's, he's like the like, Harry Crumb. Of, yeah, right. And I just, he looked like he had a sense of humor, a little twinkle in his eye. And I just, I wanted more of him. Yeah. So yeah, he needed his own movie. 2018, the year of the prequel, (laughs) long overdue prequel to (laughs) Girl with Golden Boots. (laughs) All right. And um, shit, this is the part where I usually go with the the rating, but Zip's not here. Well. Yeah, well, like I said, he's in rehearsal. We call him. Well. We call him. We gotta he, have the. He said, we have to have. Well, the, no. He he told me earlier. He told us earlier that he's gonna be unavailable. He's gonna be in rehearsal and not to bother him. But we, let, let's call him. Okay. <laughs> All right. Call him now. Hello. <laughs> hey, hey, Zip. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Dean and I are talking about this really shitty movie that we just watched. And, uh, oh, really? Yeah. We were wondering if you could help us out because this movie needs a grade. Oh, you mean on the flaming cinematic turd meter? Uh, yeah, I have never seen a more pointless version of the uh, small town girl decides to go to the big city and follow her dreams. Uh, storyline because apparently the whole moral is as long as you take a big strapping stud along with you uh, he'll beat all the bad guys for you and then realize that your dream all along was just to pretend to be in a music video on the California beach (laughs) Um, yeah just (laughs) the acting 
acting class rejects who all banded together and decided to make their own movie. Um, if the acting was bad, the script was, like I said, pointless. I did like the music. Not all of it, especially when Big Strapping Stud was, you know, playing the guitar and looking straight into the camera while singing. Because <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, but, uh, you know, I done I, I some of the music. Um, I didn't really mind the dancing. I, I don't know if that really that I was into the choreography or the fact that they were, you know, large-chested women in very small bikinis. Um, I don't, this was just a, a grab bag of fun, I have to say. Um, this is one, and, and, and Jack, I, I think you'll be happy to hear, this is one that I was able to appreciate on that so bad it's good kind of level. Oh, there's um, hope for you guys yet. Because I was able to just sit back and, and enjoy it, you know, for what it was, which is a bad movie, but I still had some fun with it. So, uh, weighing the pros and cons, I, I think ultimately I'm just going to go with a three on this one. Damn it. All right, and there you have it. And that is it for another episode of It Came From The Bottom, brought to you by Head Games Entertainment, your ultimate source for digital series, podcasts, and more. Once again, I'm Jack. I'm Chris. I'm Adina. Next time, Soul Taker. <laughs>